Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and as always this is Abe. Hello. Out now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in the latest discussion about movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games and other fun stuff. This is episode 74. 74. We're almost at 75, Abe. Almost there. Almost a looper. Yeah. And uh, this week we are going to be talking about Dread 3D, the new adaptation of the comic book Judge Dredd, uh, not starring Sylvester Stallone this time, but starring Carl Urban himself. So, there you go. Um, joining us to, I don't know why I needed that, but okay. <laughs> joining us to discuss um, Dredd, we have writer for The Thoughtful Slacker, the inventor of slow-mo, Jorge Cordova. Hey, everybody. And we and we have stand-up comedian, frequent guest on the podcast Weekend Confirmed, Mama's Baby Daddy, Christian Spicer. It's, all of those things are true, especially the part about Mama. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? Great. How are you guys? Doing awesome. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty well. Little, uh, we, uh, this is our, our second recording in one day, so we're, uh, we're just pounding them out here. Just pound, yeah, I know. Pounding it, and we'll leave it at that. Yep, pounding it. <laughs> I, I like how you describe Jose as the maker of slow-mo, and he's also really worried about where his chems are, so he's basically just a drug addict. Exactly, exactly. You guys put in my dirty laundry on there. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize profusely. All right, so a few announcements. Um, two things, mainly. iTunes reviews and ratings, always nice to get those. It helps out the show, really easy to do. Quick log on iTunes, a star rating, and maybe even a sentence or two would really helping promoting the awareness of the show and everybody wins in the situation besides you know the the amount of time the all 17 seconds that you lost doing it every other than that you you win you smile afterwards right that's that's the feeling you get right Abe? okay <laughs> <laughs> but um the other thing we have a contest this week i like doing contests and the avengers comes out on blu-ray next week this coming week this today probably when the time this podcast comes out um i have an extra copy of the avengers on blu-ray so, I figured, why not give it away to one of our listeners and out now bear to name? So, I'm gonna I'm opening this one up to everybody. So, even if you've won before, you it has not you have a chance of winning. And it's a very simple one. It's just gonna be. It's not based on first come first serve. It's based more on what email makes Abe and I react the best. And um, it's gonna be simple. What character do you want to see in the next Avengers movie, and why? I think that's pretty simple, right, Abe? Yeah, pretty, pretty straightforward. I'm actually going to create a fake email account and email in because uh, that's a pretty cool prize. Well, it's a good thing you're not very imaginative, so I'll just assume that <laughs> muaabe.com. Is- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very simple. What character would you want to see in the next Avengers movie and why? You know, the name of character and, you know, rattle off a few sentences about that and, you know, the one that Abe and I, you know, we, we deem as this is awesome or this is great. This is a good idea. Submit it to jossweden.itakesuggestions.com. And uh, 
Yeah, that one will be picked, and you will get a copy of Avengers on Blu-ray. I mean, I feel like that's a good movie. I think a few people saw it this summer, so I think it's a worthy price. Okay, so, yeah, Avengers contest, easy to do, easy to enter. Out now, podcast at gmail.com. Bring in your answers. We're looking forward to them. Let's get to know everybody. Each week, we try to ask each other a few questions and kind of set the tone for the podcast to better get to know everybody. And, uh, Abe, I'm going to let you start this one out. Cool. All right, Jose. Yes. If you were a drug lord or a drug kingpin, what would you want your street name to be? My street name? Yeah. Coho? <laughs> I would have to go with... I'm going to go with a classic and be the big guy named Tiny. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Let's go with Christian. That's me. How many stories would you... Uh, choose to fall down from if you had to be thrown from a building. Um, okay. <laughs> um, one, because I'd walk away from that shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I believe that's the correct answer. What's yeah, the worst like, answer to that question? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it'd be like, like, I guess it'd be like one of those Fifth Element buildings that's like impossibly <laughs> tall. <laughs> Unless I got to meet Bruce Willis at the end of it, like that'd be. The... <laughs> Like she, I like, think that's pretty easy to do now, meeting Bruce Willis. I don't think it's as difficult as it was. Uh, back in those, those early heydays of, where's Bruce Willis? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're always like, where's Bruce Willis? I didn't ever see him. But now you're just like, oh, there he is. And the, the Togo's over there. He's getting a sandwich. Yeah, he's okay. hanging out. <laughs> <The> Togo's? <laughs> I, I feel like okay. Bruce Willis, if he, if he ate sandwiches, he goes to Togo's. Aaron, if you had, and we won't get super fancy with it, but if you had a gun with only one bullet left in it, or one piece of ammo, what type of gun would you choose to have? Because in Dread, this is in the comic books, too, so it's in a spoiler in any way, but you can change your ammo type in your gun. But we don't live in that crazy future, so we'll just simplify the question, right? If you had any gun with only one piece of ammo left in it, what type of gun would you want to have with you? Glitter pellet. A glitter pellet. Yeah, so you glitter. <laughs> glitter is one of the worst weapons I know. So you just you shoot the bullet and it just explode into glitter, and that guy would have first he'd be blinded by the glitter fact. Then it'd be but he'd be I have all this laid out already. He'd be perplexed by the fact that he got shot with a bullet of glitter. He'd be like, Why did this happen? But it's really inconvenient. So it's all over, but it's in his eyes. I feel like if I'm in a shootout situation where I have one bullet left, I probably want to get the hell out of there. So like he's incapacitated at this point because he has glitter all over his eyes. He's like, What am I doing? Because I it's a headshot obviously and um then the 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 key in this is that that glitter is not going to get off him for like you know years at a time like even if he gets this is very even uh, even if he get i've i've long thought about glitter as the ultimate weapon even if he gets like most of it off it's still good he's still gonna have like some speckles on him and you're gonna be like why is he shiny because he has glitter on him that's weird right so his 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 day is ruined. That's and your favorite x-men of all time is dazzler also like where else (laughs) yes <laughs> I feel like I've ex- I've explained my glitter pellet well enough, so I'm gonna move on to my question. <laughs> um, Abe, yeah, when is the perfect time to use slow mo? Wait, you're talking about the drug, or you're talking about the the visual effect? The drug. The drug. Oh, okay. Clearly, it's when you're falling from 200 stories and uh, going to your impending doom, because that way you can kind of just reflect on your entire life. It's almost as if your life flashes before your eyes, except it's presently there. It doesn't flash before your eyes. It moves at real time before your eyes. Like, you witness... Oh, that, yes. That'd be very true. You'd basically the relive your... Thing. Uh, during, slow-mo. During orgasm, I think, is an acceptable answer as well. I feel like... 
You're, you, you, all right. <laughs> Just yeah. saying. Just saying. Uh, Christian. Yep. If you had to go into a locked, sealed, 200-story building with someone, anyone, who would you choose and why? Siri. <laughs> Um, so it depends what's going on in that building. If it's just like a regular building, I, I would choose my wife because we're good friends and, uh, that'd be easy. That's a good, great companion to have with you. Oh. But if like, if like stuff's going down, like serious. Oh, stuff is going down. Oh, well then I'd pick like probably Obama because. <laughs> <laughs> and here I was thinking of the Terminator. <laughs> Wait, that's not a real person. If I have fiction, I can, oh, fictional people, Superman, then duh. Oh, like, yeah. that's, that's the ultimate. Like, I will, I will be okay. I'd probably take Optimus Prime. I don't know why. It just seems like you would destroy the building. That's a robot. That's not even you, a person. You're can right. You yeah, I'm sorry. Specificity yeah. with these questions, glitter boy. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. What are we doing? That was my bad. I, I, I went too far. T one thousand. Does that does that suffice? I mean, to be Superman, a fictional, I would definitely pick Superman because as long as Lois Lane isn't also in that building, like I know he'll <laughs> save me. But if Lois is in there, then, you know, all bets are off. I might not get saved. Really acceptable answer. It'd be like a, a record situation where she'd be reporting on the scene inside the building and Superman would have to, like, you know, do a bunch of different things. So, I like I like that there's three different flavors of this answer. That we have Superman, you have your wife, and you have Obama, depending on the situation. Yeah, you know, Obama, you know what I mean? You can uh, the go... holy triumvirate, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jose, if you were a cop, and you could pick your vehicle, like what type of vehicle you would have as a police officer. What type of vehicle would you want to drive around on? Are we, are we uh, going back to your rules? Is this uh, real vehicles or fictional like, vehicles? So, yeah, things that exist or could exist. So, like, no Back to the Future car, but you could have, okay. like, okay. You know, a 20, like, yeah, maybe a, a Christopher Nolan Batmobile might be okay, but not a Batwing because, okay. you know, it's um, a realm of possibilities. I'm going to go with a uh, cement truck. <laughs> what? And that is because uh, when, when, I, when I arrest people, they, they roll around in the little cement mixer. <laughs> but I pat it, so they're okay. You'd pat it? <laughs> I don't think you'd catch people. I think you'd be going like 10 miles an hour and the criminal would just walk away from you. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop 2 showed us that cement trucks are not the best in car chases. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I, I stand by my answer. Though. Okay. <laughs> I like a man of conviction. So. <laughs> okay. Um, like, I, I guess Judge Dredd is a man of conviction. Right. Get it? Because yeah. he's the law. Because <laughs> he's a judge. And he, and he convicts <laughs> people. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, uh, Aaron, I yeah. think, hasn't had another question. Um, uh, since you've seen both the raid and Dredd, which building would you rather be a resident of? Now, hmm. There is a tricky question because the raid, it's it, 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 neither building is like the best place to live. We can, I think we got that clear. Like they're both kind of slums. One's significantly taller than the other, and they're both controlled by gangs. So really, if I had to choose one of those, 
I'm probably not going to choose one of them. Instead, I'm going to choose probably the building that Joe Pesci did as the super. I think I'm going to go live there. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'd have a lot of fun hanging out in that building. I mean, you have Joe Pesci as the super. He's a fun guy to hang around if you don't, you know, and make him upset, which you can get upset really easily. But he's also a good super, it seems, you know. So I think, yeah, I think I'm going to just completely not choose one of your answers and go of an obscure reference to the 19, early 90s. I deem that worthy only because you mentioned Joe Pesci. There you go. Christian. Yeah, hello. You have some kind of uniform. Dread, you know, he had padding on the shoulders because that's where you get shot. And you know, he had a giant mask that obviously did not obscure his vision at all. What What is, like, your uniform design of choice? Yeah, I, just, like, I feel like his uniform in this movie wasn't bad. It, I mean, the shoulder things are kind of weird, but that's from the comics. Um, but the rest kind of seemed purpose-driven. It seemed like it was like a bulletproof vest kind of thing. But, um, I mean, I think, like, looking at uniforms, like, Nolan's world, he does a good job of creating, like, Batman's uniform kind of makes sense, you know? So I think I'd probably want something like that, or I would go the complete opposite route, and I would just be naked because of that old saying that, like, you never want to kill a naked man because that's just weird. Is that an old saying that we know? Yeah, yeah, you know, like the, didn't your grandparents tell you that, like, when you were 10, and your grandpa was like, now, listen up, no one ever wants to kill a naked man, and you're like, that's a good point, grandpa. It was weird just... when he told me that exactly when I turned 10 years old. Was... <laughs> <laughs> it was written on my card when I gave me Yeah, it's like, you know, you turn 10 years old, there's, a, there's, some, there's some knowledge we need to drop on you at this point. You never want to fight a man that's naked. That's... It's true. I I stand by that. Um, but no, I, if we're going serious, I'd I'd probably want something like Batman's thing. Or if we're going, it can be anything. Then I'd probably want like uh, Master Chief armor because that seems oh, to man. survive everything for some weird reason. Because I don't think I don't think John himself can survive falls really high, but like his armor can. I don't know. But maybe maybe Chief armor with uh, Cortana before she's crazy in it. You know, <laughs> I mean, you're halfway there. You have Siri, so I mean, yeah, there we go. Yeah, your own little Cortana and regenerative shields. I feel like I probably yeah, I don't want something similar like Batman, mainly because I can go spelunking on the weekends, so that'd be cool. But also like a giant like from dusk till dawn gun cod piece. I think that'd be useful. In situ- <laughs> like in a pinch, you just you know you'd bust out that and it'd be like, well, don't mess with that guy. He's not naked, but he has like a giant gun penis. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, all right, then that's how you play. No, everybody. So let's uh, move on to a movie trailer talk where we discuss some of the newest movie trailers. And uh, we have a couple here. The first one, I want to save one for the next one. The first one I'll get to is Red Dawn. Um, Abe, you want to talk about Red Dawn? Uh, yeah, it looks awful. <laughs> uh, first of all, I don't know why they're remaking this. I don't so, tell the people what Red Dawn is. Tell the people what Red Dawn is. Red Dawn is a film about uh, the Wolverines. They're in a small town, small town USA. Um, and uh, what happens is they get invaded by foreign occupants. Last time it was actually the Russians, which made sense because it was in the 1980s during that Cold War era. And, you know, a lot of films during that time, historically, had a lot of those uh, those themes of being invaded by the Russians. Rock, Rocky it was War. Actually, right, yeah, there was, there was actually... There's a, if you actually go back and look at those the films during that time... Hot Tub Time Machine, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a great example uh, but this time, they don't tell you who the uh, invaders are, but um, a gang of teenagers has to go around and basically save the city from these uh, these hostile invaders. I believe it's and, North Korea, actually. Yes, yeah. I, I don't think they've explicitly said so, but from the, the flags and 
from the folks, it seems like it's North Korea, which uh, is odd. Uh, but yeah, I, I really don't see a purpose of remaking this film, primarily because I think the historical significance is is something that's special about those old '80s films. Um, and for this one, I, it just looks so bad, really awful. So but, I'm not excited at all. But it stars Chris Hemsworth, who smile I love, Abe. You're telling me that I'm not going to enjoy this movie despite the fact that it has Chris Hemsworth smile in it? I mean, yes, he is like an ex-marine or whatever else, but. Come on, I mean, he can't save this movie alone. And I'm a fan of Chris Hemsworth as well. But, but it has PETA... PETA Malark. Malark <laughs> as his back. What's he going to do, bake some bread? I, I guess. What, what are the others think? Christian, what do you think of the Red Dawn trailer? You know, like, the trailer itself, if I'm reviewing the trailer, is pretty effective for, like, a dumb action movie. It has a lot of... And then an explosion, and then... And then another explosion. And then Chris Hemsworth flexing. Like, I'm, I'm down with all that. Um, in terms of like movies that uh, it's weird too, cause the trailer doesn't go out and say like, Hey, we hate the Chinese or whoever it is. Is it the Chinese now? Uh, like, the you North, know, the North Koreans, but it, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I'm kind of sick of Red Dawn in general. I, I've been sick of it since Homefront came out, the video game. And people are like, it's the guy that wrote Red Dawn. And it's like, oh, that crappy thing that I didn't care about before. And now there's a <laughs> video game that's crappy. I don't care about now they're remaking. It's like, I kind of get it. It's not anything new or original. It's a small militia force, like overcoming huge odds in a big military. That can be fun and exciting to watch, but I'd rather have the setup be different than um, a remake of Red Dawn. Like, come up with a creative way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jose? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with Christian. Uh, the trailer itself, like, if I knew nothing about the movie, I'd be like, ah, oh, it's another, you know, dumb action movie. Um, and like Abe was saying, I and Aaron, I think you mentioned, I I love uh, Chris Hemsworth <laughs> just because he's Thor and he did such a good job. There, I have such a you know affinity for the guy. But uh, an affinity I don't know. is that what we call it now? An affinity for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm with Christian. I'm a little tired of the idea. I was also gonna gonna bring up Homefront, and I think it's just I, I can see why it's a it's an idea that people find interesting. But I think the idea is more interesting than the execution can ever be. And just because it taps into those fears of like, you know, we're, we're America, we're a big badass country and kind of someone invading us seems so outlandish almost that uh, it, it seems interesting. But I, I don't know that I'll actually go and watch this movie when it actually comes out. It's one of those things that I'll probably watch on FX at like 11 while I'm trying to finish my homework. And can, can I also say that I have a hard time believing that one individual can ever overcome like with our government wasn't able to get them and like our most badass, you know, super <laughs> soldier can't get them. But, you know, unless that person is Will Smith, like then I believe it because mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he can do whatever he wants. But like Chris Hemsworth and this, the Wolverines and it's a self-named group too. Like that should be pointed out. It's not as if they're the Wolverines. Like that's a real special ops group that existed within the U.S. military. No, like, this is Hemsworth, his brother, some girl, one of them's trying to bang and like a few other scragglers they put together and then Hemsworth is like we're the Wolverines like no you're not you know what I mean like <laughs> you're a group of people that are going to be killed by the North Korean army like that's what you are let's uh let's let's iron that out I guess the only thing I can go off is that the first Red Dawn's not exactly a great movie I, it has this yes. weird cult following but it's not like that movie's the pinnacle I mean Patrick Swayze Soul Man C. Thomas Howell and uh, Charlie Sheen <laughs> <laughs> they they did their they did their thing back then, but like it's not a movie that I like look back and be like, man, 
that's when they made action movies. Like, so (laughs) it's not like the pinnacle of filmmaking. So like, I guess I'm, I'm kind of fine with the idea of remaking it just because it's like, whatever this happened. And I like Chris Emsworth enough where I'm like, I'll maybe give this a chance at some point. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters unless I get like a screening for it, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't look like anything special. Just looks like whatever, but it is, it is coming out. Like, um, I guess it's notable that it's, it's one of those movies that cut up, got caught up in the MGM, bankruptcy thing along with like cabin in the woods apparently chris Hemsworth was like a hot commodity at mgm because he had both of those movies going and then the company like went out so you know i don't think it's going to be some kind of crazy success story like cabin in the woods which you know was a great movie but it could be entertaining in some capacity so i you know i'll see uh red dawn comes out november 21st just in time for thanksgiving so uh yeah well we'll see if if anything comes with that Let's uh, let's get to our next trailer, which I'm incredibly excited about to talk about. So y- yesterday, I'm just going to set this up because I need to. Yesterday, I saw the film End of Watch with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Mike Michael Pena, which is quite good, by the way. If we were doing an episode of that, I'd praise that movie because it's it's really it's really good. It's a really good movie. I was surprised at how good it was. But before that movie started, there was a trailer for Alex Cross. This is based off the based off the novel cross by james patterson in the line of james patterson books involving detective alex cross and it stars tyler perry as detective alex cross <laughs> and the trailer that ensued from this movie was one of the most hilariously awful trailers i've seen in quite some time for like a mainstream film release that is going to be essentially taken seriously by audiences around the world and Everything about this movie just looked completely silly to me. You had Matthew Fox come in as, like, a serial killer slash MMA fighter. You you had, like, all these supporting roles of people just, like, screaming things that are, like, so standard for cop movies. And then you have Medea himself, like, (laughs) giving the most intense performance that I can can see possible from Medea in a movie. And then the tagline, of course, you don't cross Alex Cross, just to no extent made me laugh. I, I was uncontrollable with laughter after this trailer happened and I was so happy there was another trailer before the movie started so I could like regain my composure because of how ridiculous I thought the Alex Tross trailer looked. But with that said, what did you guys think of Alex Tross? Is this a real movie? And by me a real movie, it doesn't say Tyler Perry presents. No, and I'm not yeah. saying that, that all Tyler Perry <laughs> yeah. movies are, are, are bad. They make money. It's actually funny, <laughs> like epics, the cable channel epics and here in Los Angeles, they have a lot of billboards saying, you know, epics gets big movies, mm-hmm. and most of them I'd agree with. It's like Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, like a bunch of the Captain America. Uh, yeah, Captain America, and like some good action movies. And then one of them is Mr. Deeds, <laughs> and I, I just find that billboard to be so funny. Like, uh, you're just proving your own point, Epic. Um, but like this movie seems to me like it is it produced by ufc or you know like those movies that like wwe produces for the wrestlers like i'm just not who who cast this thinking like this is going to be an action movie and who do we need well you know we want to find a black star okay well will smith can't do it uh what about like what when is tyler perry on that list like when does he ever meet i don't care what your criteria is that we want a comedian slash uh, mogul slash, I don't I don't know. So that's my I just playwright. I, I don't think this is real. 
Yeah, it's bizarre. It, it's uh, bizarre. Now you say all this, and yeah, it's it's directed by Rob Cohen of The Fast and the Furious, which its trailer proudly promotes, and produced by Neil H. Moritz, who's, you know, a big-time action movie producer. So it's certainly a real movie. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's, not like a, it's not like a Tyler Perry Presents movie, or it's not like a, you know, UFC Presents movie. It's like, it's a... It's it's a mainstream film release. Yeah, it's bizarre, bizarre. This when I saw this trailer, it honestly played like when you watch a college humor like parody trailer <laughs> for an action movie. <laughs> you have Matthew Fox, you know, in there as like this who playing this like crazy looking guy. He's like completely jacked, and he's an MMA fighter for some reason, who's also a serial killer. Right? Who has access to like rocket launchers and super awesome? <laughs> he wants people to feel his pain. Yeah, it's oh, it's it's all so ridiculous, but it's it's it almost I, I, this is straddling that line of movies that are so ridiculous that they could be fun to watch just because of their ridiculousness. Oh, I have no doubt that I will be watching this movie. I that exactly, I'm exactly. not about to communicate this enough. I think it's hilariously awful enough that I need to go and see this movie. Like I I, I have and to like I. Uh, I just I want to watch it because I want to wait for the Act Three twist when uh, Alex Cross goes undercover as Medea and <laughs> beats <laughs> and has an awesome fight with Matthew Fox while he's in the suit. And yeah, I just it, I I can't wait to enjoy this movie. I feel like this movie took like went down the list of things that are like popular kind of right now, and it's like okay, Jason Bourne, that kind of thing's cool. MMA is really cool. Um, Tyler Perry's really cool. Burns. Burns, I totally forgot. Yeah. Gus Fring's right. in the movie apparently too. So write a movie around that, and it's like okay. <laughs> well, Tyler Perry, he was what the the highest paid man in entertainment or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's one of the he's one of the richest men in America, I'd imagine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like, where's, like, what's, like, I think, like, Idris Elba was supposed to be, like, rumored for this role, right? And, like, where's that movie? Yeah, yeah. Where's Idris yeah. Elba? That, that would have been interesting. That would have been I guess, I guess, like, Don Cheadle was busy. Like, <laughs> Denzel's maybe pushing it in the age, because this is, like, young Alex Cross, well, right? So They were going to cast uh, Torrance Howard. Terrence Howard. Is that who I'm thinking of? And then Don Cheadle stepped in, and then he got mad, and then. Thompson trying to make a bad Iron Man joke. Iron Man joke, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want but, Terry Crews to get his own action movie. Terry Crews as Alex Cross? There's the Fender yeah. yes. trailer. I can see that. I would have seen that. With his ex. Like, where's the Terry? Let's just go with that. Where's the Terry Crews movie? Where's that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo. <laughs> and we're getting Terry Crews' movie. One thing I want to point out about this trailer is uh, there's a part where Johnson McGinley is facing a window with a jacket that says Chief of Police on it. Dr. Which Cox. Which never seen before. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Cox is wearing a Chief of Police jacket. He's like, Alex, we need you. And it's like, okay. And then there's a part where Alex is all of a sudden making his own sawed-off shotguns, and he's not <laughs> <at all. laughs> I don't know why he's wearing that. I, I, also, I feel like I see the whole movie in the trailer, by the way, too. Like, I feel like I got all of the plot that I need to know. Regardless of like so, somebody besides not knowing certain character deaths, which I'm sure happen, I feel like I know everything that's going to happen in this movie. I love how he like freaks out about the serial killer, and I'm like, isn't this your job? Like, you hunt down crazy ass people. But it's nothing like he's ever seen before, man. <laughs> but one thing's for sure, guys: you don't cross Alex Cross. Alex Cross comes out October 19th. It's it's happening, so we'll we'll see how that goes overall. <laughs> there you there you go. Uh, let's let's move on. Let's get to our film review for Dread 3D. 800 million people living in the ruin of 
the old world. Only one thing fighting for order in the chaos. The men and women of the Hall of Justice. Peachtree's is the manufacturing base for all the slow-mo in Mega City One. You know how often we get a judge up in Peachtree's? Well, you got one now. She has control of everything. Levels 1 to 200. This is Mama. Somewhere in this block are two judges. That's not good. I want him dead. We're gonna have to go through him. Rookie, you ready? Yeah. You look ready. Fire! Judgment time. Let's finish this. Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for Dread 3D, the new film, the new adaptation of the Judge Dread comic, the 2000 AD comic. Um, first adapted as a Sylvester Stallone vehicle back in 1995. Not that successful. It doesn't have a great reputation for obvious reasons, even though we did a commentary for it just recently. However, this new version takes a much, I guess, darker and grimier take on the Dread character, which is, many would say, is more true to the comic spirit itself. And uh, the film follows Judge Dredd the, uh, in a futuristic world called, uh, in a city called Mega City One, which is overpopulated and full of crime. We're basically following a day in the life of Judge Dredd, who is – he's a law enforcement officer who has the power of judge, jury, and executioner when the time calls for it. He is take he has brought along a rookie police officer named Anderson, played by Olivia Thurlby, who has psychic powers, and he's basically testing her out for the day. Things get – incredibly chaotic when Dred Anderson wind up in a 200-story apartment complex that is governed by a drug lord and her gang, uh, uh, powered by Mama and Lena Hetty. And uh, basically she locks Dred and Anderson inside and says that all her henchmen need to do what they can to kill the judges. Lots of justice hijinks ensue. Um, so yeah, there you go. Christian Spicer, what did you think of Dredd? I love this movie. It, I think it's the perfect version of a late 90s action movie. Like, we finally have the technology to make that movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's so well done for what it is. And one, the drug in the movie is called slow-mo. And what it does is it causes you to, the user, to see things in slow motion and while I've never watched an action movie and thought they need to justify why things are moving in slow motion, the fact that this movie does it is amazing. Cool. Jose? I had a blast watching this movie. I think that this is an action movie that knows what it is. And it, you know, it doesn't aim higher than it needs to. It's very streamlined. It gets to the point, And it just has like so much fun the entire time. And I, I, I had a lot of fun. It, it was great. I thought it was very fun. I, I, I think that a lot of people have been comparing it to The Raid, and though I found The Raid to be uh, more engrossing and more fun, um, Dread 3D is no doubt a very strong contender in those films of if you just want to sit down have a, a blast watching uh, guys get shot, it's actually very graphic as well. And I agree with Jose in terms of it's very streamlined. It's very simple. They're, they're not trying to give you as much backstory on Judge Dredd or or Anderson, or whoever else. It's really just the story of two cops stuck in a building trying to get out. 
I like that about it. I like that they weren't trying to push anything on you, any extra exposition. And again, it's one of those films that you can have a lot of fun with. Yeah, I uh, I also really enjoyed the movie, and I was surprised that that Dread was a movie that I was just really into. Like I one of the one of the first things I noted about Dread in kind of thinking of the movie, I thought it was really pretty. Like I don't know how else to describe it. Like I thought it was really pretty for a movie that's set in like this dystopian future that you know is grimy and all this corruption's happening. It's a really like well shot movie. Like it looks really good. Like it's shot in like widescreen, which I thought was pretty cool. Like two thirty five widescreen and like like the opening shot of the cities like it's just really nice like you have all these this, this hot looking like it looks like it's like baking in the sun constantly but it's like really neat looking and then you get to the slow-mo stuff and these like these really cool slow-mo scenes where you, and it's like I'm, it's like shot with like the phantom camera which shoots things like super slow motion and you get like this regardless of like the cg which is kind of like obviously cg it looks like really like good throughout this movie i was really i was just really impressed with kind of the visual style they adapted for this for this movie and it went along with me appreciating the movie as a whole i just really liked kind of the simplicity of it it uh it worked well in um in kind of just delivering a this day in the life story where judge dread is kind of it feels like he goes through this kind of stuff on a routine basis and so you're just kind of getting a feel for that and i think it's successful in pulling that off for the kind of movie that it is it does a good job at that did you guys see it in uh, in 3D? In 3D, I saw yeah. it in 3D. Yes, I did see it in 3D. I saw it yeah. in 3D. How was so in 2D? Did it seem? I thought the 3D was done really well. I'm I curious if in 2D does it seem cheesy? Like like oh, this is where it's supposed to be in 3D. Does that make sense? There, there was maybe a couple times when I think it was like things flying either towards or away from the characters, <clears throat> but other than that, it wasn't like. There are some of those movies where it's like, you shoot the bullet into the camera and you watch <laughs> yeah. it fly by your face. The Resident like, Evil Res- movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't like that. I actually enjoyed it a lot. It's good to know it was good in 3D, too. I just I generally don't take that chance anymore. I mean, it, it was shot in 3D, which is always a, you know, that's the way to see. <laughs> if I'm going to see a 3D movie, it yeah. helps that I know it's shot in 3D. And it, it takes, like, it feels like... Even when it does kind of straddle the line between like over the top 3D and more of just adding a lot of kind of depth to the film as a whole, it works because it's like a comic book movie and it feels appropriate for how it's used. Especially because you have like the slow mo stuff and you have this giant 200 story building and shots of people, you know, coming to an unfortunate demise via going from top to bottom in a rather quick notion. So it, it looks really good. Like you see this kind of plummeting down through these floors. It's like a really, it's really well filmed. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And one thing that you had mentioned about the world building, I really like that it's set in the future, but it, it's not crazy future, like crazy flying cover cars like everywhere. The, like the first Judge Dredd, for example. Yeah, or or like even Fifth Element, you know, where it's like, oh, crazy neon lights. It's actually just a normal looking city, but it's just, you have huge high rises and the population is enormous. Um, so I like that about it. But overall, yeah, I really enjoyed the 3D as well. The 3D, I thought the 3D was very good uh, compared to other films that market themselves as 3D. Um, they used it at the, the right amount of times, and also they just did it very well with the drugs uh, that are in the movie. Yeah, and I think, Aaron, I think you were saying how you know they don't bog you down with a bunch of stuff on uh, Dredd's background. And that's what I like, the simplicity of this movie, the way they present that there's this huge world and stuff's messed up, and they tell you how bad crime is, 
but they don't let that bog the movie down. And it's, I mean, it's obviously a device used within the film, but they get them into a building and they lock that building down. And so, you know, there's this huge world out there. You don't, you're not like, oh, I want to see what's going on over there. They make it very much a diehard type film where it's like, here's a building. Let's let these people go play. And then they hint at Dredd's background a little bit, but you don't care. You don't need to know. Like other guys are like, oh, it's Dredd. He's, he means business. And it's like, awesome. Yeah, I like the comparison to Die Hard. And I think we're seeing a kind of a resurgence of these movies that are where you have like the one guy stuck in the building or whatever. And people are learning to do that, I think, correctly and to take advantage of that. Because like you said, you, you know, I mean, you get like all the backstory that you need in that like one minute uh, opening monologue that he, that he does as a voiceover, where he's just like, this is Mega City One, blah, blah, blah. Okay, ready to go. He picks up his rookie, like, you know, he's supposed to, and he goes to the building, and then you even don't get bogged down in her backstory either. Like, uh, she's introduced really quickly. Um, you know, she has that tie to her family. She's a mutant. Um, and that gets explored kind of a little bit as you go along, but they never... And the other thing that I liked was they didn't feel the need to throw in, like, the random romantic subplot either between them or with like a third random girl Avon Barksdale. Yeah. <laughs> Avon Barksdale. It's, exactly. it's good to know that his uh, descendants are also still dealing drugs in back rooms. That was my interpretation. To clarify. Like uh, Avon Barksdale the seven. To clarify whatever. the actor Wood Harris is in this movie as uh, one of the um, henchmen in the in the building and he plays Avon Barksdale in the show The Wire, which uh, is The Wire. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but the movie's a lot of fun. I got, like, a, what is it, a very video game vibe, but, like, in a good way. And you have kind of this, like, over-the-top violence, but kind of feels weirdly appropriate for this world. Like, and they, they set it up right away when they toss those guys off the building. I've never seen anyone splat, like, in a movie. Like, you see people get thrown off buildings all yeah. the time, but you never see the end. <laughs> eh, sometimes you see the end. But, yeah, I know it, it's not a common thing, for sure. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I do, I... I I do agree. It's kind of the, the it's it's a hard R-rated movie for sure, and it it takes advantage of that, and it it works well. Like it does, it uh, and it does have kind of a yeah a video game feel. That's a, it certainly does have that, and it could get redundant, and I'd imagine it does probably for some people that maybe wanted more out of this for whatever reason. But for me, it came in, you know, it clocks in at what ninety minutes without credits at most, and it it works. It's like I think it's paced just right. I think there's enough just enough diversity within the action so it doesn't become just repetitive even because it you know essentially is just judge dread and anderson going floor by floor and you know taking out fools or pe- being ambushed and whatnot so like i think it does enough to kind of um, to keep it all se- keep it all separated out and not feel too like redundant over and over again we're doing the same thing for 90 minutes i think it it, it works well with the movie it's trying to be i would say as opposed to the raid i know we're going to keep talking about the raid but as opposed to the raid which i think has action that's more memorable in it I I still think Judge Dredd has enough good action that makes it worthy of you know seeing this movie. It's it's it's, it's strong. About the action about the raid too. I felt as though the action with the raid, if it basically kept coming, um, and it really didn't let up in terms of uh, having to like walk through the stairwells and then going through, I guess the elevator shaft and then figure out what else was happening like in Judge Dredd. So that's the only thing that I would compare and contrast with the raid. Um, but otherwise, basically the same premise. Yeah, I think uh, Judge Dredd also, like, yeah, you said the the action overall is not as memorable, but I think it has enough of those moments that you, that stick with you that I think that you can kind of remember from this movie. Yeah, yeah. And um, I also want to talk to the fact that, like you said, it's really pretty, and I think that um, the director, it's, uh, is it Peter Travis? Yeah, Peter Travis, yeah. yeah. 
he uh, he he has some fun with like he throws a little visual flourishes in there. Like uh, I really enjoyed the the scene where um, Anderson is uh, interrogating uh, I forgot his name Wood Harris's character. Yeah. yeah, and he she goes into his mind, and I thought that was shot really cool. And we did some cool stuff, not just there, but with the slow mo and just uh, like when they're shooting those big ass machine guns, and it was it was just like a a, a stylistically very very cool movie. I should note that the uh, the cinematography was done by Anthony Dodd Mansell, who. Uh, he he works with Danny Boyle a lot. He where he uh, won the Academy Award with um, okay. Slumdog Millionaire, and uh, yeah, he you know he he, he brought his game for this one because it, it's a great looking movie. I yeah. wish that whoever has the Punisher license now would watch this movie because it's like it straddles that line between being comic booky and campy, but not over the top with a way they keep messing up every Punisher movie. It's like this is what you want to do. Just keep it simple, stupid, and make an awesome, badass movie. Yeah, for sure. What do we think about Carl Urban as Dredd? Inhabitants of Pinch Trees. This is Judge Dredd. Let him talk. This block operates under the same rules as the rest of the city. Mama is not the law. I am the law. I liked him as Dredd. I, I like him a lot. I, I think the, the simplicity of his character overall was was something that we touched on a lot, but it's very effective. And I think one great example is when he captures a, a lead lieutenant and just throws him over and then just walks away. And that's his character. You know, that basically tells you everything you need to know about Dredd. And I love the way you never see him without his helmet on. Like, I think that's a cool choice. You don't need, like, Dredd always wears his helmet and he's that character and that's all he is. Yeah, he's a helmet and a frown. Yeah. He yeah. kicks ass. He does. I, I have to commend his Carl uh, uh, Urban's lips in this movie for staying pursed and <laughs> frowny throughout. Yeah. It works well. But yeah, I mean, it's like a... It's like a lot, it's like a Master Chief kind of thing where you don't need to see this person. You just see what he represents. And I think Carl Urban does a good job of... I mean, for a character that doesn't have a whole lot of personality, he does bring something to it that works. I mean, you can... You could say that anybody can play this part just because you don't see him, but I think, I mean, Carl Urban did play this part, and he played it effectively. Yeah, I think I think we're meant to identify with Anderson a lot more. Obviously, and, uh, yeah, she's the emotional side of the story. Yeah, she's yeah, like yeah. Kind of moral. Yeah, but you, you get enough out of Carl Urban, when, uh, especially when he gives his little, you know, is she a pass or a fail? Well, she's a pass. And uh, what other line also made me, oh, when, uh, when he, he keeps asking her, are you ready? And at the end, he's like, are you ready? And she's like, yeah, I'm ready. He's like, you look ready. You get enough out of like these little snippets of dialogue that he gives um, that just makes him feel like an actual character or like a real person. And yeah, like if they ever made like a Halo movie, which, you know, development hell, whatever, like it, this is something, this is like what I, I mean, not necessarily like this style, but I mean, in terms of how they handle the characters, this is what I wanted to be. Like you'd have just an, an, and, you know, an, an actor playing Master Chief, but not one that, you know, needs to be the focus of the movie. You'd have this other character, Anderson, an Anderson-like character who's like the emotional side that you're supposed to connect with and not, you know, be necessarily following the Master Chief character. So it's, I think, it, yeah, it worked. The, the handling of Dredd and Anderson, I think, works well in this. I also like, I, I liked uh, Lena Headey. I would have liked more of her, actually, though. She's like this punk rock drug lord person. And I, I liked that character. And I, yeah, I, I, I wish I kinda, could, could, could have gotten more of her in the movie. Peach trees. This is Mama. Somewhere in this block are two judges. I want him dead. Until I get what I want, the block is locked down. 
All clan on every level. Not the judges down. Everyone else clear the corridors and stay the f*** out of our way until the shooting stops. I think your comment about a Halo movie could be taken to heart, too, where, like, yeah, Halo's this great, awesome universe, and people might bitch and complain if it's too limited in scope, but I think it'd be cool if Chief, you know, goes onto a Covenant ship and gets locked down in it, and the whole thing is in a ship. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just because the right. world is huge and crazy doesn't mean we need to see all of that. Like, do what you do well and make something awesome. Not every movie can be a Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah. which takes three three-hour movies to show yeah. a world, you know? Absolutely agree. So, okay, so we, we talked a little bit about Anderson, but do we like Olivia Thurlby in the movie overall? Did she work? I mean, she's kind of, I would note that she has, you know, a smallish kind of, you know, she's she looks petite for a movie that requires a lot from someone like this. Did, did you find her convincing in the role? So I found her, her, movie... her to be effective enough, and I, I think that's mostly because you're given her background of, yeah, she's got a mutant disorder, so... And the movie makes note of her small stature to begin with, like it tells her... Yeah, she's... I don't think that you have to be like, you know, you don't have to have like a, a, a Miss USA workout woman to be Olivia Therby's character. I think that it, it's fine as it is. And they they show other judges that are have other builds. Like there's there's like a judge that's bigger than Dread. There's other female judges that are smaller also. Some are blacker. Some are, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thank you. And so I think it does a good world, a good job of showing that, like saying like, yeah, they don't all need to look like Dread. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Although you get to one scene where there is some judge on judge action. And take that as you will, and it becomes very confusing to me of like which judge. Yes. I mean, it's a it's a very brief scene, and it didn't like hinder my enjoyment of the movie overall. But it did like it did seem notable that I'm like, wait, which one is fighting? Which one is Carl Urban again? Like it's very. It's like which one do I root for? The one who's fighting the other medium sized one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love Dread's gun, by the way. I love I love the use of that weapon. I'm glad that. It worked well. I like the part where, like, he has like he has like very little ammo left. And he's like just cycling through the different kinds of guns, ammunition that he has, and he keeps like he's empty, empty, empty on all of them. And he keeps trying to find one. But I like that's how they took into account the bullet count. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah they have to reload yeah, in this cool. movie. It's not a John Woo film. <laughs> and that's another one of those things where they uh, they leave all the explanation. So like, there's not a scene where he gets his gun or he explains to the rookie how the gun works and. All the different ammo she has, like this is just the gun that he uses, and they like it's so streamlined. Like that's one of the main things I love about this movie. Any more thoughts on uh, Judge Dredd or on Dredd? Go, sorry. go see go. it. Yeah. I think people listening to haven't. They should see it. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's a good time for that type of movie. The only reason I think it's going to hurt it is it's the same week as End of Watch, and it's like those are similar needs potentially. Yeah, we'll get to the box office so. In a little bit about how these movies did this weekend, but yeah. Uh... Okay, let's get to our rating for Dread. Each week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. So we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. So on that scale, uh, Christian, where would you put Dread? Um, do me last. I'm sorry. Okay, Jose, where would you put it? Um, well, it's not playing in IMAX, but IMAX. Go watch it in the highest possible way you can watch it. So I guess 3D? Yeah, there you go. Abe? I'd say theater, and definitely see it in 3D. I think the 3D is pretty well uh, well used in this film. Yeah, in a, in a rarity, I actually recommend the 3D for a movie. It was shot in it, but it, you know, I think it's well utilized. I think it's well utilized, and it, like, it works for the movie that you know we're being 
shown. So yeah, I would say yeah, go see this in theater and you know feel if you feel up to it, pay the upcharge for 3D. Okay, I'm ready. So I I agree. The reason I was delaying is I think that this movie could be really fun at home, but that's not like a I know it's, it falls outside of the rating scale. But I think this is a fun movie to see with your friends and be like, oh crap, what? Don't don't be a jerk and do that in theaters. <laughs> Which actually there were people doing in theater. There's 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 like there's like three drunk people sitting in front of we saw like a midnight show and one guy had to be kicked out of the theater. He was escorted out by security. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Cool. Then yeah, we're all well pretty positive on Dread, so good for us. That's, uh, I I'm I was surprised that I ended up liking Dread and I said this in a tweet last night, but I ended up liking Dread and the and um end of watch more than I th- like the master and a movie starring Clint Eastwood. I did not see that coming at the beginning of this year. <laughs> so, uh, okay, let's get to movie callback where we callback, and... callback, callback. Thank you. Where we mentioned a few films that kind of relate to the main feature of the week. And, um, yeah, so any uh, films come to mind guys, uh, Jose? Um, I think, uh, the raid just because of the, the, the kind of surface similarity of the premise, but uh, actually this made me think of, uh, the born, uh, uh, legacy. Uh, legacy. legacy legacy just because like i think this is what a summer action movie should be and i think this is kind of succeed every succeeds everywhere that the board legacy kind of failed christian uh, i already mentioned it earlier but it just felt like a punched up more comic booky or outlandish i guess i guess i should say take on die hard yeah hey. um i definitely thought of robocop uh and i think mm. it's just like the future setting you never see, you only see Judge Dredd's mouth, and he's a total badass with his weapon. Um, and I also thought of uh, The Raid, and Max Payne. Max Payne mostly just because, the like, one with like Mark the Wahlberg. Ge- the movie? Yeah, with Mark Wahlberg, because of the slow motion action sequences, um, and nothing beyond that. Max Payne, the movie, was, was pretty bad. Because it, has, it, it, has, it has like one action part. scene in that movie. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> yes, I agree, yeah. But I mean, the, the slow-mo action scenes were, were something that, you know, I, I like the phantom shooting in this in this uh, movie, though. Yeah, for sure. You know, I saw that RoboCop. Have you guys seen the RoboCop picture? Of the- yeah. yeah. They're actually going to go with the black armor, or if that's just like... Uh, it, that, looks, that looks terrible. It looks like a sci-fi version of the Gimp from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. He's thinking that it looks like the Giver suit, the anime. Uh, it, it reminds me of a... Raiden's suit from Metal Gear there, Solid. Yeah, you're like Gray Fox. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, black, the black yeah, exactly. version. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, that did not. That's not helping at all. They, they need to do something good in a teaser or something to get me psyched up for RoboCop because we all know how Paul Verhoeven remakes have worked out so far. Total Recall. <laughs> There's a lot of talent behind that remake too. Oh my god. Okay, so yeah, movies I thought of um, between. Um, Dread, The Raid, and Attack the Block. I have this perfect trilogy of apartment action movies of, of, <laughs> oh, of, nice. of different of different flavors. You know, I got my sci-fi, yeah. I got my futuristic comic booky movie, and then I got my just straight up martial arts gunplay movie. So, if I could watch all three of those in a row on a day, I'd probably have a good day. Um, also, District B thirteen, Christian, you, you, we were not we were talking about this the other day. That that movie works well. <laughs> That's a it's kind of a you know a cool simple movie simple action movie um and blade runner just because kind of it felt like a mix of like the rain and blade runner even though you know it's not as good as either of those movies it it kind of you know it's got the feature style mixed with kind of the simple action in an apartment complex all right yeah 
Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's go over some box office. Um, we didn't have any previous week's predictions because we just haven't done a regular episode in a while because Dread's the first movie in a while that's come out that we wanted to do like a full episode on. But now we're past that horrible beginning of September and leading into our more like movies we want to see period. So we were talking about Dread and what did it do at the box office? Not well. Uh, Dread came in fifth place, I believe, right? Fifth place. Yeah, fifth place or sixth place. I don't even know. Box office is really up in the air right now, but it's like it made like six point three million. Um, right now, end of watch and house at the end of the street are like tied for first place, so thirteen. So like one of those is gonna once we get like actual results, we'll find out for sure. Uh, then Clint Eastwood's movie Trouble with the Curve looks like that came in third, and uh, Finding Nemo, Resident Evil, we're still making these came in at fifth. And then The Master actually came in at seventh place. It uh did a little did a little damage to the box office for. The movie that it is, which is not a mainstream movie, but there you go. But yeah, Dread doesn't look like it's going to be a huge success, uh, despite the you know the strong word of mouth from all the comic bookies, because we know that always turns movies into successes, right? <laughs> Kick-ass Scott Pilgrim. Uh, just Scott Pilgrim. Hundreds of millions of dollars made between the both of them. So uh, I I feel like Dread. The problem with Dread is almost the character's name, and I realize I didn't want to call it Judge Dread. But again, around Los Angeles, which is the only uh, – that's what, where I live, and so that's what I know. Like they have, There's billboards, and there's him, the character, standing on top of a building, and it, it says dread. Like that, what does that mean? You know what I mean? It, it, it's, a, it's a horror movie. Like messaging is, is weird, and I think it almost would have been better if they named it something else. Um, I don't think people know what it is. Yeah, I don't know if they just didn't put a lot of money behind it because uh, I was checking the the screening or the times yesterday for, and there was only like, it was only playing like three times yesterday, at uh, at my local theater. <laughs> I mean, it's out the there the entire day. It's out there by me. It's got plenty of screens. It's on two. Like, yeah, and I saw it in like the be- I saw it in the best theater possible, by the way, that I think I could see this movie. I saw it like in the Regal RPX theater, which is like I guess Regal's version of like of IMAX. So it oh. it looked great, oh. like it sounded great, and I like people i saw with had fun watching it but yeah i mean it regarded it yeah, even it got strong reviews too it wasn't like a you know a movie that just comic book geeks would like i mean it has like a strong what like 80 something percent on rotten tomatoes like it's it, it did well for what you know the buzz it was getting it just you know it's hard to yeah the the, the marketing for it didn't exactly like say everyone needs to see this movie and everyone doesn't need to see this movie necessarily i mean it's a it's a it's a guy action movie i mean it's with a with a faceless main character so it's like you don't have like a heartthrob actor or anything, and you have like who's Olivia Thurlby? Like, I mean, it's like <laughs> Juno McGuff's best friend. Exactly. Like, it wasn't too expensive to produce, was it? No, it was like it was like forty-five budget, so add like what? That should be all right. I think twenty marketing, sixty. So I mean, yeah, it'll, it'll play out like on home video or DVD, Blu-ray. Like it'll it'll make its money, but it's not. It's just not like a huge success already. It's it's gonna just bounce out of theaters, not you know meaning much. So which is the kind of sad thing about that is I could. Totally, I would be down for more Judge Dredd adventures. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing right there. Yeah, we're more not... apartment buildings. Yeah, yeah, there's so many. We'll find we'll find Papa in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the box office. So um, anyway, I think we have uh, some more time here. Some time for some games. Oh yes. That's called a uh, Dread's Remedy. That's the uh, that's the name of that the name of that game. That's what it Dreadful. is. Mm. Thank you, thank you, Abe. <laughs> I have a new game. Abe, remember how just weeks ago we'd used a horror quiz movie app? 
Yes. Well, I sound effects. It did have lots of sound. I got to turn the sound on to make sure if this one has it. I have a new sci-fi movie app that I think is going to work quite well. So I have an app on my my iPad, and it has it's related to sci-fi movies, and some of them might be easier than others. But I'm just going to ask a series of these questions, and the first one to get it gets a point. Let's do it. Okay. Here, right. here we go. Between the three of you, here's the first one. Which actor played Adam Gibson in the 2000 film The Sixth Day? Arnold Schwarzenegger. That is correct. Uh, oh, sound effects. Oh, there are sound effects. That was cool. Success. Okay. Here you go. This one has multiple... They all have multiple choice, but this one has multiple choice, and I'll see if anyone can get it before I read the names out. Which character did John Favreau play in the film Iron Man 2? Happy Hogan. Happy Hogan is correct. Let's get I love Marvel. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Next one. The 1997 film The Fifth Element was directed by who? Uh, Luke Besson. <laughs> the sound effects are amazing. Okay. Well, this is too easy, but I'll do it anyway. Which role did Sigourney Weaver play in the 1986 film Aliens? Ripley. Now, one of the options is Michaela Baines, which humored me. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We've been promoted to control panel polisher on the, awesome. uh, the games. Nice. Okay. Fast track. Okay, here we go. These might get a little harder. The film Barbarella was directed by who? Oh. Rob Cohen, Danny Cannon, Roger Vadim, or Andrew Stanton? Uh, A. Rob Cohen? The third one. Roger Vadim. Christian, do you have an answer? No, I, I'm not going to dignify the film Barbarella by answering this. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose three just or option to see just to see what. That's right. Okay, Jose got that point. Nice. That's right. Okay, now it's getting harder. Okay, Mitsuo Iwata played which character in the 1988 film Akira? Clemens, Oren Goodchild, Shotaro Kaneda, or Bob Arctor? Kaneda. <laughs> That's the only one in Akira, right? That's the only yeah. character it's yeah. in. Okay. This one might be a quick one. The 2004 film AVP, Aliens vs. Predator, was directed by who? Uh, I can't remember, but if there's a list, I'll probably pick it out. Is it an Anderson? It, is, like an a- it is an Anderson. Uh, there will only be one Anderson in that case. W.S. Paul W.S. Anderson is correct. Oh, yeah. Didn't he, like, not direct the third or... There were only party. two. We can't deal with a third one. <laughs> and, yes. No, I mean, like, he stepped down from his, you know, lofty position as director of Resident Evil movies. Oh, yeah, to make it, yeah, that's, that's correct. Yes, he didn't make AV, he didn't make Resident Evil 2 because he was busy making Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> Here we go. Which actor played Charles Freck in the 2006 film A Scanner Darkly? Mitch Baker, Jake Gyllenhaal, Rory Cochrane, Keanu Reeves, Jeffrey Wright. Um, well. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Rory Cochrane. That, yeah, that's the correct answer. <laughs> See, these are harder ones now. Okay, here we go. Here's another one. Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back was directed by who? I can read options. Read options. Richard Marquand, Franklin J. Schaffner, Louis Leterrier, or Urban Kirshner. Strikes Back. Ooh. Urban Kirshner. A. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say A. Christian. I, I don't know. Um... All right. Richard Marquand was Return of the Jedi. Irving Kirshner was Empire Strikes Back. What letter was that? D. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, this one might be easy. 
Which planet's destruction in the, is portrayed in the 2009 movie Star Trek? Romulan, no. Oh, uh, Abe, you have an answer. You're out. Okay. Ah! <laughs> um, Spock's planet. Earth, Vulcan, Quonos, or Cardassia Prime? Vulcan. Kim Kardashian Prime. Kim Kardashian Prime. <laughs> I like that. It is Vulcan. That scares me because that means there's more than one. And, and, the la- and the last question. Christopher Lloyd played which character in the 1989 film Back to the Future Part 2? Doc Brown. Doc Brown. I got they said Part 2. All right, yeah. <laughs> All right, we did it. I've been promoted to Bridge Sweeper in the game, and that's... that's Sweet. That we're still on the custodial staff, but we're on the bridge. Right, we're space janitors. Um, just like Val Kilmer in Red Planet. What? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. I make Red Planet references. <laughs> Let's do another ABC of Movies game, because I always like doing that. Hey. Uh, this is the game, of course, where we identi- we go in a- we go in order, and we name a movie based on the corresponding letter of the alphabet that we are at. I'm pretty sure we've all played this game, right? So, oh, yeah, I'm so- horrible at it. Okay, that's the spirit. So uh, <laughs> we'll go in alphabetical order, as always. So I will start, then Abe, then Christian, then Jose. Okay. 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 And let's just wrap it around this time, Abe. No numbers. Okay. Okay. Starting with A. A is for Alien 3. Uh, Bambi. Cool Running. Yep. Deep Blue Sea. End of Watch. Uh, Fargo. Godfather Part 2. Uh, Hellboy. I still know what you did last summer. (laughs) (laughs) Jurassic Park. Um, Killer Instinct? That's a video game. Dang it. <laughs> You're at Jose. Am I, is that L? You're at K still. You're at K. Okay. Um. Say Cool Runnings again. <laughs> <laughs> King Kong. Oh. Oh, it's me. Uh, 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 Lincoln Lawyer. That's a dub. Yeah, liar, liar. <laughs> okay. Liar, liar. Uh, uh, Madagascar. Uh, N. Uh, uh, n- uh, oh, you're out. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> um, not another teen movie. <laughs> Good one. Othello. Othello. Uh, P? O P? P? Pulp Fiction. Uh, Quiz Show. Uh, Run, Lola, Run. Seven Samurai. <laughs> you thought Seven Samurai. Um, the, the Terminator. <laughs> U571. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Victor Victoria. Uh, where's Waldo, the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm What's the W movie? <laughs> I'm surprised that there's not a Waterworld. Waterworld, the greatest oh, movie yeah. ever. <laughs> Yeah, it's the most memorable movie ever, Waterworld. <laughs> it's more memorable than the Where's Waldo movie just made up. But Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Ah, <laughs> What's the worst that could happen with Danny DeVito and Martin Lawrence? Come on. <laughs> so classic family movie. <laughs> for the record, yes. Killer Instinct was a 2001 horror thriller. You might know the director, Ken Barbett, starring Corbin Burnson, D. Wallace, and Paige Moss. So, <laughs> just for the for the record. I think we put Christian back in the game. <laughs> wow. Let him finish out. That is a movie Because that, that was the movie I was thinking of, by the <laughs> <Obviously>. way. <laughs> Obviously. Corbin Benson. Come on. Corbin Benson. Major League. 
Is he in Back to the Miners? Is he in that one too? Is he in all of them? He's in Psych. Psych. I know he's in Psych. I know he's in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> That's another good K movie. Yep, it is. Cool. Alright, yeah. Alright, so we've done our games. Let's uh, move on. Let's move on to next week's show. Next week we're gonna talk about Looper. I am excited for this movie. Quite excited. Yeah. Abe, you're excited, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's gotten positive reviews ever since. I, I'm glad that they didn't hold back on the on the uh, critics' ratings because the critics' ratings have been out for at least a couple of weeks now. Well, it's because it was at Toronto Film Festival and other places, so yeah, people have rated it already. Oh yeah, it's yeah. I'm excited. Jose, you excited? I am. There's there's a couple movies that I'm just really looking forward to. That's one of them. Christian, are you excited for Looper? No, I don't think it's going to do well. I think it looks like it's like a retelling of Time Cop. Um, I'll, I'm sure I'll like it on Netflix Instant Watch. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think we did on Saturday Night Live uh, this past week. Or anyone listening to this was was good. I don't understand his movie choices sometimes. I, um, hopefully it's enjoyable, but not, there's no way I'm going to see it in theaters. All right. Well, okay. with all that said, we're going to do some box office predicting. And um, let's see what comes out next week. It's Looper and Hotel Transylvania and. Won't back, buying for the same audience. Well, yeah, exactly. And won't back down, which I think is that teacher drama with Maggie Gyllenhaal. So there you go. So what do we? What's gonna? Well, who? Uh, Jose, what do you think's gonna happen next week? Where do you think Looper's gonna land, and how much do you think uh, it's gonna make? As as uh, excited as we are for it, I don't know that the general public. It is R rated. I should mention that. Mm-hmm. Quite R rated, by the way. I'm gonna say twenty. That might be a little high, but I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But when he's not at, at Togo's, what is he doing? Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's making movies. Which <laughs> he's like, being old. Yeah. So anytime, anywhere, uh, Butterfly Effect opened to $17 million, and that had Ashton Kutcher. So, I mean, what is Oof. people like time travel, I guess. Enough. Deja Vu, $20 million opening. 20. I'm, I'm good with my 20. Okay. Right uh, I'll say first, and I'll say, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of want to give it a kicker, but uh, we'll say we'll say... Yeah, why not? We'll say 27. 27. Uh, Jose, what did you, you say first place, or what did you say? Uh, yeah, I think it'll be first. Okay. Abe, 27. Christian, any idea? Um, I'm going to say... It's like a range. I'll split the difference. Let's say like between 10 and 15. We'll say like 13. I think it will open... It'll be like second and or third place. <laughs> I think uh, um, the R rating. I think Hotel Transylvania will do we'll better. Up. No, I don't think it'll clean up, but I think it'll. I, I think it'll do better. Yeah, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say a solid 18 million in second place. That's that's where I'm at. Hopefully, you know, in a perfect world, maybe more. We'll see. Man, I'm. I feel rusty. We haven't done the box office predictions in a while. We haven't. No. You're both saying first place. I'm just typing this into the old log, where I log things. So okay. <laughs> it's good. It's heavy. It's wood. That's right. Log. <laughs> And that's going to do it this week for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work in my personal blog, thecodeisique.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com, where you can find all my Blu-ray reviews, as well as at twitter.com slash aaronsps3. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Jose? Uh, yeah, catch up with me on thethoughtfulslacker.blogspot.com. I promise I will write something soon. Great. And you have a Twitter, right? Oh, yeah, Twitter is uh, at Jose Cordova. Great. And uh, Christian? So you can find everything through my website, which is christianspicer.com. If you're ever in Los Angeles, uh, the third Friday of every month at the Nerdist Showroom in Meltdown Comics, I 
host and produce a show called Improv versus Stand Up that I think is super funny. And if you like video games, I've started doing a weekly, very low-key um, video game news talking head show on my YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash Christian Spicer, where I make fun of video games um, and, and give video game news the treatment it deserves. We take it too seriously sometimes. <laughs> and so I just do dumb videos making fun of it. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, uh, I don't care about you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be one to back up imp- Improvs versus stand-ups. I've seen. I mean, you've, you've done two. There have been two of these. There have uh, been two. And I was laughing hysterically during both of them. Uh, yeah. So if you're in the LA area, I think October nineteenth is the next show, I believe. Yep, October nineteenth is the next show. It's uh, a lot of talent. Taylor Williamson, you know from Last Comic Standing. Um, Jonathan Kite, who's Oleg on Two Broke Girls. You see him in every episode. Jimmy Dore, who has one of the most successful and popular Comedy Central specials of all time are doing stand-up, and then Improv by I'm Hungy, which it's two, a two-man group, and they're amazing. Um, they perform at UCB all the time. It's, it's great. Lots of fun. Yeah, for sure. So if you're in the LA area, great. A lot, a lot of fun to check out. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Yeah, we're talking Looper next week. Thanks, guys, for coming on today. We're talking about Dread. I'm glad, yes. we, glad we all liked it a lot. That was cool. Yeah, good times. And, yeah, until next time, so long. And goodbye. seconds that you lost doing it ever other than that you you win you smile afterwards right that's that's the feeling you get right Abe? okay <laughs> <laughs>